0: watch film but I'd be honest I mean when I first started watching film I was just watching the game
1: yeah. Yeah. hello everybody welcome to the UK Packers podcast as usual it's your host at steedy NFL on twitter and of course follow the group at UK Packers and in the studio I have me out buddy
0: <laughs> meow,
1: at Ryan Peacock NFL in the studio but hold on wait 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 wait, wait. I'm not gonna bring you in yet Ryan what I want to do is, is I want to bring you in, but from the past. Here's Ryan predicting, along with Aaron Rodgers, that we would win out. Here we go. Um, but again... But yeah,
0: yeah, I've changed that now. I think we're going to lose to the skins and then win the next six. Is
1: that all right? <laughs> Can I edit that and just, you know, put that into the last podcast and just throw <laughs> it in there, sneakily? Yeah, look, the thing is, we've not
0: there you go right okay steve for a, well for a moment there i thought you were gonna say it's because uh you know greg jennings or jermichael finley or somebody rung up and you were just kicking me out oh yeah, oh, but, yeah. no that's it's nice to hear
1: you got props we man. we got it right you got props we got it right fair play you know what when you said it i was a bit skeptical and i was thinking um eh, maybe not you know there's a lot of roadblocks there i didn't see the seahawks particularly as someone that we'd fall to i thought remember me saying i thought we'd fall to someone stupid like the Bears or the Vikes or something, you know. Um, they put up good games. Yeah. Uh, you know the Bears especially, sort of surprises. We had to come back. Uh But yeah, fair play, Rhinos. It's a it's a proud day in the Peacock household. <laughs> yeah, it's the problem is looking
0: back then there wasn't really a lot to base that on because there no. wasn't really that much that was shouting out saying we'd do it. Hmm. Um. So there probably was a lot of bravado and a bit of bias and all the rest of it. But I think. When we were looking, we did discuss on those podcasts going back that there was enough in the games that we lost to show that we could do something with just some small adjustments and a bit of luck and a few players returning from injury. And I think those things happened. Mm. And then each week, somebody else would return from injury or something else would click or another player would suddenly come into form. You know, more recently, Jordy Nelson, before that, Devontae Adams, now these last couple of games, Mo O'Allison. So everything just started to build And as you start to add pieces and build pieces and start to get the W's and things start to click and the adjustments are made, that, ladies and gentlemen, is momentum. And that is exactly what you want going into the playoffs.
1: Yeah, it's what Aaron Rodgers said in his press conference, which I'd love to actually talk about now. Uh, and get your thoughts on because I certainly have not strong thoughts. I'm not going to go there, but I, I do have thoughts on it. Aaron Rodgers says that you know winning is contagious, and it is. I mean, you know, he was saying that once you win, you go into the next game expecting to win, and then it sort of snowballs, and that's something that even uh you know the VP of fan engagement, uh, Gabrielle Dale, when she came over, she was even saying, you know, that's what that's what stands out about the Packer locker room is that. The packers just expect to win and not expect arrogantly but sort of you know it it's in their ethos it's built into their genes that they want to win but uh let's address some stuff here kind of along what the lines you were saying right is that an awful lot of stuff had to happen for this to happen like i don't think anybody thought when we were four and six uh that this was possible i don't even think that maybe some of the uh packers team internal people as much as everyone comes out goes yeah yeah this is what we thought look their backs were up against it uh and that's just a fact and everyone, they, they're kind of going like everyone was naysaying them and not believing in them. But, you know, for, you know, for good reason. But even, like if we go back to the Seahawks game, you know, and we, we spoke about it on the podcast at the time. Weren't there so many instances, Ryan, where balls were hitting against shoulder pads or hitting it off the helmet or someone was making an non-characteristic sort of almost comical banana flip? where the ball would come into his hands and he'd slip it up into the air it was almost like a cartoon you know and the Packers so often are on the opposite end of that freakish stuff especially the NFC mm-hmm. Championship game I think we can mention it now because you know, we're getting to the point now where we've seen so much success since uh, that we have to kind of you know just forget about that I think a Super Bowl would be the only thing that will quash that for me Um, but didn't we get lucky because I mean look at the likes of the Giants and Redskins game the Giants had absolutely nothing to play for There was lo- they were locked into the 5th seed The Redskins had everything to play for. They've one of the most dynamic or did have one of the most dynamic offenses in the league. Some of the best wide receivers. And yet they lay an egg, you know, the Giants go out and beat them for no reason whatsoever. So that did help us along, Ryan. Wouldn't you agree? I think um,
0: the the Seattle game, definitely, there was a lot of luck to the interceptions. But then most people and you yourself, luck of the Irish and all that, would say that you make your own luck. Hmm. So I think, yeah, that's the only one. The rest of the games, I think we genuinely won. Um, and deserved those wins we deserved the win against Seattle as well but yes I will admit there was some element of luck to some of those plays but when you talk about their getting a bit of luck out of that uh, Giants-Redskins game I don't agree with this notion that the Giants had nothing to play for I, I understand exactly what you mean in terms of playoff places and playoff seedings and so on but in terms of that's one of your rivals and if you can deny them going into the playoffs then that's something to play for surely Um,
1: yeah but would you not agree Ryan though would you not agree if he put Odell Beckham and Eli Manning in and one of those got a busted knee that coach's job in real life where he has to feed his kids he'd be sacked so I mean there's that type of stuff on the line do you not think
0: maybe but I had I had a bit of a theory on this one obviously Ben McAdoo now is their head coach at the Giants yeah and he's former former Packers guy Um, if you remember some years back when the Packers didn't have that playoff. Um, sorry, didn't have the wildcard round game. We got the first round by. I think it was the season we only lost one game.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and then we went into that next round match and, and players weren't quite on it and they'd been sat out that extra week and maybe didn't have the momentum um, I think sometimes when you go into a wildcard game, you've got that momentum. Um and I think it's the same here. Yes, I know why teams take their players out exactly because you just said there you then eliminate the risk of injury to those players. Mm. But if you take them out and then you go into the playoffs with a loss and players have sort of not not had that game ready uh feel about it when they go into their next game because they've been off an extra week, something in the routine changes. Okay, now Something I've heard a lot this week with college football, and you've got certain college teams that are maybe not used to going into these big bowl stadiums that they have. Yeah, and they said, you know, what what is it? What's what what's what you've been doing this week? And every single coach says everything we've been doing is exactly the same. The same routine, the same curfew time, the same meeting times the same time for breakfast. Everything is the same, hmm. and I think that's a little bit what probably McAdoo and the Giants were doing. They were keeping it the same keep it rolling, momentum rolling, so on.
1: Yeah, I'd agree with it. you know what? Yeah, i I, I never really thought about it that way, that, like, I've thought of it in the way of, for instance, and I'm sort of tripping over myself here, but I thought about the fact that they'd put them in because you want to blow a bit of the rust off. It kind of, it's, geez, we're almost doing a an all around the NFL uh, podcast, which is something that we might do in the off season uh, if there's a lack of packer stuff to do. We're gonna add in some extra stuff. So with Dallas is that they're gonna rest Dak. They're gonna put Tony Romo in, and they also have Mark Sanchez of but fumble fame. Now they said, don't put Tony in. What an insult to get him to put him in to suck up all this, you know, just just idle game time to give him something to do so that he's literally a buffer for Dak. But then someone raised the point that. It's not that, is if Dak gets injured, Tony Romo has so many cobwebs on him now at this stage, you need to put him into some sort of, you know, real game time um play. You know, don't don't just put him in. He's not putting in to just hoover up the crap. You're putting him in to try and knock those cobwebs off. Give him the respect he deserves. Now, he ended up playing okay, you know, I think he only threw for three he was three at a four for one touchdown or something like that. And what I found was really insulting was... Is when he came off the field... Dak was patting him on the helmet... Patronizing him as if to say... Good job Tony, well done. You know, and that was insulting. But I understand that sort of aspect. But... All things considered... The Redskins bet the Giants early on. People keep saying... Oh, the Giants are really good. I think... And we don't want to get into it here... But I think we have a good chance... When we go up against them here... Especially at home. Um, You know, the Redskins have bet these before. And the Giants had beaten the Cowboys twice. And people keep saying... Cowboys are really good... Giants beat the Cowboys twice they're the only people to beat the Cowboys so then the Giants are really good no that's not how it works some teams just have another team's number we've seen the Rams consistently beat the Seahawks for apparently no reason. The Rams, absolute laugh and And But they just find a way to beat the Seahawks all the time, who I think have gone downhill as well. But let me address this, Ryan. Okay. I, I, Sorry,
0: I was just going to say it's a bit like we said with the running, isn't it? Even mm-hmm. though Chicago have been terrible this year, yeah. when we go up against them, they'll still be a dangerous team because they you have the familiarity of playing them every year. Yeah. And that's much the same as you're saying there
1: exactly yeah and for whatever reason i mean you can have certain personnel matchups some people are used to each other some coaches are used to each other they're used to a style of play whereas you can maybe you know i don't know the seahawks can cut somebody with their tight end play whereas the rams maybe are used to the little tricks that they use with their tight end so they eliminate just that one aspect which has a colossal effect on the rest of the game uh you know who knows who knows all the intricacies there's so much to it which makes predicting the outcome of a game pretty difficult i mean who thought that cleveland would get a win who thought that they put up the points that they did this week against the steelers and almost beat the steelers you know and the niners even went ahead against the seahawks so who knows why these things happen as they say any given sunday but let me pick your brain about this uh ryan and let me know if you felt the way that i did so i was watching aaron Rodgers' press conference and i thought i called it before and what kind of i'm not going to say annoys me but the packers were four and six they had issues on offense issues on defense. Arguably they still have issues on defence, especially with injuries and all the rest. So on Aaron Rodgers' press conference, he kind of came out with this defiant almost passive aggressive in a way. You know, very there was I felt, anyway, this is my opinion, maybe I'm wrong, is that there was this sort of simmering um opinion of no one believed in us, we've got a good bunch of guys, we had to stick together because Kind of like your share of bastards went up against us and said that we weren't going to win anything. You know that that kind of way? But I'm sort of thinking, hold on a second. I mean, you were four and six. The play calling was atrocious. They were calling for coaches' heads. Mike McCarthy himself had to come out and say, lads, I've won loads. Can you stop? You know, because people were so on their backs. I think at that stage, that you know, did they not have a right to be on the Packers' backs with the play calling and with the plays? And then Aaron Rodgers was missing open receivers and all of this. Now as we said before in the podcast I'm not getting into the personal stuff I don't want to know whether he's he didn't like a Christmas present he didn't like the selection box that he got off his brother so he sent it back because he doesn't like the cabarees fudge I mean who does you know I mean I don't want to get into that aspect but I I just hate about pro athletes sometimes where if you question them as a fan that they get very defensive as if to say how dare you you're not loyal you didn't stand with us I can't believe this Surely we're we'll now calling into question. This is a Packers team, and I'll finish now in two seconds, who lost to the Colts, with the Colts being absolutely abominable at the time, getting bet by everybody, get, had the worst O-line in the league, and uh, an atrocious defense worse than our own at the time, and even a Colts exec came out and said on the record, this is a really, really bad Colts team. This is probably the easiest team the Packers will face all season, and we lay an egg against them like I understand to get behind your team and there's no fans more loyal than we are. We wouldn't be staying up till five, six in the morning if we weren't. But do you think it's a bit rich sometimes when athletes come out and say, how dare everybody for being against us is also against the world. Uh, you have turned or your backs on us. Do you agree with that?
0: I think as, as a fan, you absolutely have a right to have an opinion um, because you invest a huge amount of time and a huge amount of money into supporting and following any team. Um, I think the bit that always angers me a little bit and and it disappoints me is how quickly people can change opinion based on one thing. Hmm. Okay, so people that you know suddenly forget that Aaron Rodgers has been oh, unbelievable God. pretty much his whole career. Yeah, um, has won us a Super Bowl, and then all of a sudden we're four and six in a season where we have a ridiculous amount of injuries, um, and and yeah, okay, some things aren't clicking. Um, and then suddenly they're talking about trading Rogers, and they're talking about sacking everybody, and the team sucks, and yeah, and so on, so on, and so on. And you think, really? And then as soon as they win, it's back to tweeting pictures of Aaron Rodgers with the goat emoji, mm. you know? And you think, how, how, just at some point, I would love any of these guys. I mean, I've got comments in front of me now. Um, this is one that was made just just a month ago. Yeah, Rogers sucks. We should let him go. Clay too. Get real, dude. Let's get rid of Nelson, Cobb, Peppers and Burnett and all the rest of the whiny lackaholics. Jesus. I mean, this guy, you have to wonder if if, even if they're Packers fans, you know. Hmm. Um, There was one recently it said, and we had this actually tweeted direct to our account, didn't we? And it was, Trade Rogers while he's still got any trade value, it's time to put Hundley in and let this kid go. And you think, all we've seen of Hundley is pre-season games yeah. and a couple of victory formation snaps you know
1: yeah.
0: it's and that's not against you know I'm not having a dig at Hundley but I'm saying how, how can you say get rid of somebody that will be Hall of Fame
1: Yeah,
0: and put in a guy that's a, that's a backup you know it's it's this kind of crap and then those same people and I'm not saying don't get me wrong we've all made a tweet or or a Facebook post or something and then actually you know it comes up on your timeline a year later to remind you and you go off oh, an way off mm. but you know to, to have that opinion and be that strong about it that you want to put it on the Packers official website you want to tweet it at somebody's uh, Facebook group um, you know you essentially want to be a mini Skip Bayliss and talk complete rubbish and then less than a month later be singing the guy's praises and saying you, you love him again after slagging them off that's the bit I don't get so yeah I think everybody's entitled to an opinion
1: yeah. but I
0: think at least have a little bit of I don't know what what to call it a bit of self pride or just stand up when you got it wrong and say do you know what i got it wrong because that's the bit i don't hear all them people now coming back saying i got it wrong
1: yeah and look like we're behind this team 100 percent you know the uk packers hq podcast studio is set up and it's adorned with packers memorabilia past and present i mean i spent days drawing the mural on the wall of the g with the gold around it Do you know what i mean i mean we are green bay uh, blood it's true and true and we're behind the team we don't criticize the team in a in a numbskull skip bayless sensationalist way we get concerned when things aren't going right and things weren't going right and things were a bit off for this team since mid 2015 you know and that's what we were questioning that it ran from the chargers game last season and the dysfunction kind of you know we we stumbled our way into the playoffs which still we got to the playoffs and we were spoiled and we nearly got to the NFC championship game again but something just wasn't right and I don't want to naysay and I know people are expecting a a super happy positive podcast and it is but I do think Ryan that there are issues on our defense and I think this Packers offense can overcome and I think that look we put up a defensive masterclass On occasion when people didn't expect us to when we went into the nfc championship game against the seahawks the pundits and sky and you know we've had them on the podcast and i like neil reynolds as a man and i think his preparation as a professional is fantastic i've talked through his process it's amazing the amount of work that guy does but they were all down on the packers and even when we were up what 19-3 they were turning around saying oh yeah the packers are getting out coached we smashed them and we smashed them on defense and then we had some calamitous errors maybe five in a row just because they say right that a plane doesn't crash on its own where a wing falls off and you die a plane crash is like a mixture of maybe six or seven consecutive things some freak things that go wrong all in a row usually uh that down a plane and that's the same as what the packers defense did in the nfc championship game against the seahawks it was just this one calamitous thing after another it was the on the special teams and then it was giving up that play by the goal line and letting russell wilson scramble around right we don't really want to talk about it i even got a message from uh one of my mates that i worked with that said to me congratulations on the Packers getting to the super bowl but he is deserve it and then i said don't speak yet there's still two minutes left in the game and we end up tanking but there are issues with this defense and that's something that came out of this game Ryan. how do we survive now with our cornerbacks in the, in the condition that they are i mean three of them went down we had rollins out with the neck injury randall with the knee and a who you know we don't really have any tape on who you can't put a lot of stock into because he's a new guy but we're in trouble. Are we not in trouble with the cornerbacks?
0: Yeah, we're definitely uh, in trouble. But we seem to have been in trouble all year. And I did think at some point, maybe halfway through the season, maybe Ted Thompson would be un Ted Thompson like and go out and get a veteran hmm. um, or, or do something, you know, get somebody from somewhere. Um, he hasn't done that. He stayed with the young guys on the practice squad couple of free agents sort of undrafted free agents been brought in gone practice squad and come on to the full squad um, and I don't know I'm, I'm kind of worried now about where it leaves us Rollins in particular um, that injury doesn't didn't look very good last night
1: no.
0: um, as we know obviously he went he went to a local hospital um, and and you know he said to said to have movement and all the rest of it so it sounds pretty good but who knows where he's going to be in terms of next week's game um, Randall don't know how severe that's going to be. The problem is with knee injuries is, it only takes one more hit, doesn't it? You know, you're always, it's a tough one. Um, Hyde of I think Hyde went and played some corner last night. Um, obviously, you can do I guess a serviceable job there, but it not being a corner and going into the playoffs against the best teams in the in the in the NFL, you, you need, I would suggest, um, you need players that play those positions. Mm. I know it's not quite true at the minute for a running back thing, but I think he's been doing it long enough. Um, certainly people on Twitter have been been thinking along the same lines and uh, Aubrey Fellows says, is it too late to retrain Janice as a cornerback? Um, I would say absolutely <laughs> too late. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, you still see at the moment, think about it and compare it to the Montgomery running back situation. Montgomery and even Kristen Michael, who is a running back, they're still getting a few extra... Um, instructions after the huddle and it was the comms that mentioned it last night and they're still getting that extra bit of training and every now and again they still miss maybe a blocking assignment or something like that so you wouldn't want to start training someone now your best bet if you're going to stick with what's on the squad is to do something like move Hyde over um, but then you obviously start to then get thin at safety as well um, the one I did like from Graham uh, Armsworth was somebody called Charles Woodson he needs to come out of retirement I, t- I would take that tomorrow oh yeah and i think absolutely that guy could still come in and ball but yeah it's a worry and i don't know i guess we need to wait a couple of days and see where these players are i don't know that we'll be bringing anybody in we're gonna to have to find answers on the roster
1: yeah i mean wes hodkowitz came out and said it a, a few weeks ago he was saying that you know the cornerbacks coach and dom capers need some type of award uh for keeping this thing together and as much as we criticise the defence and say we're in trouble, it hasn't been right in a while. But we have always been, and it's it's kind of a Packer tradition now almost, it's so much so that there's even a meme that just flies around the internet. If you just look up Green Bay Packers, you get a lot of Packer symbols, but you also get the Packer symbol where the G is like, a, you know, like a that sort of handicap sign, that wheelchair sign of the Packers because we're known for having injuries. And then some people are calling in the strength and conditioning coaches, but sometimes, you know, if a player gets injured, he might be prone to injury. And look, I don't know, I don't I don't want to go and jump on the strength and conditioning coach to say it's all his fault because it happens to, to the best teams all around the NFL. This is a contact sport. These things happen and it happens to the best of players. And no player after week one is not injured. Every player has an injury. They just play through it. So for our cornerbacks and for our defense to stand up to it, there is a, you know, a bend-and-don't-break philosophy. But I reckon that the Packers defensive coordinator, Dom Capers, and all of his sort of staff now will be scrambling to try scheme in a way that they get pressure at the line and maybe try shut them down with sort of inventive plays, disguise plays, do whatever they can to try to confuse Eli Manning. Um, Because, you know, we don't want to get too much into it, Ryan, but Eli Manning and Odell Beckham Jr. If we're one team that get burned time and time again by the same player... Uh, that's the Packers and even last night I mean it was Zach Zenner double Z they were calling him we got burned by him I didn't know who this guy is now they showed his numbers and he looked like had pretty high numbers when he was in college and high school but this is the pro game and someone shouldn't be allowed away with that uh, I don't want to get into it I don't really want to ask the question about the Giants now but I mean this does look like a dodgy game where we could give it all up to, to one player and if it's if we do a good job to shut down Odell which I think that we might be able to do you know, we're going to have to deal with all the other Giants wide receivers, or a no Stom Cedar. You know.
0: Well, yeah. When you come to uh, receiver groups, and I know we'll probably go into it in more detail on the on the Giants one. But when you look at their receiver group, they're much like Green Bay that they have a really talented three. Yeah. Uh, and then they still have other playmakers dotted around the team, so it'll be difficult. I mean, a lot of it's going to depend on who we've got playing in the secondary. I think every game for us, unfortunately through this playoffs will be shoot out football and it will be, I know it's going to sound very, very obvious a bit like, you know, saying in football, it's a game of two halves. Mm. Um, but it's going to simply be, can we score more points than they can? Because I wouldn't be our defense. We will have the bend and not break thing and we will make stops and we will make plays. Cause I still believe, you know, and we've shown it this year, we can create turnovers on defense.
1: Yeah.
0: But, but when it comes to, and there's still examples of it the other night, when it comes to third and longs and and, and this sort of thing, it, they, we still just seem to be susceptible to allowing a big play. And like you said, making a superstar out of a somebody. You know, every, you know, on most games we've played this season, there's been somebody that's gone big, whether we've won or lost. Yeah. So I think it simply comes down to, can Aaron Rodgers score more points than Eli Manning? And then as you go on, more than Dak Prescott so on and so on um, and I think that's what it's going to be so I'll tell you what these these playoff games will be exciting because it's going to be all our all out offense and I don't know I, I am a little bit worried but to be fair I was pretty worried at four and six and look at what happened
1: yeah and look all we need is for teams not to neutralize A-Rod and that again sounds obvious but he is the key to everything that's going well with the Packers right now because haha Clinton Dix and Morgan Burnett are just sensational together i mean they're you know they're the aaron and Jordy of the defense they're brilliant and they're always a threat they're always a threat to get that interception um and then of course hyde made that play as well which was phenomenal um to what we thought sort of finish off the game and then we got hail married on if we can use that as a verb but if you look at some of Aaron Rodgers stuff I mean his O-line has given him plenty of time they kept harking on and on about last night about that 10 second play which was ridiculous and how he moves and contorts his body in such a way throws almost across his body every time because he's always shifting around you know and ends up throwing a dart I mean that one to Geronimo Allison was just sensational Ryan, wasn't it and the fact that Allison has stepped in in Randall Cobb's place this is what we sort of missed earlier on in the year is that the people who had that next man up philosophy, people who had to step up, they weren't able to make that jump, which is fair enough because this is the pro game. I mean, you know, two percent of all college players make it to the NFL, and so many of them get turfed out, uh chewed up and spat out when they can't make uh, you know, plays that are, are seen as promising players in college and just don't make that jump. Geronimo Allison has been sort of a breath of fresh air I feel sorry for the guy because I was watching his press conference and he's given those one-liners. Uh, he doesn't really know what to say to the press. He's very grateful, very humble, um, you know, very just thanks God the whole time as to why he's doing it. But what I like is is that Aaron Rodgers is really taking that leadership role. He said about run the table, people got behind him. And now he came out and they asked him, like, what do you think about Geronimo Allison? I mean, are you happy with the progress that he's made? And he came out and said, yeah, you know, catching that pass was amazing. He ran some good routes that got us out of some sticky situations. But he also came out in the press and said during that press conference, yeah, he missed a few as well. You know, there's a few of those that he did miss. So he's going to have to work on it uh but yeah he he divvied us out isn't that the type that you need from a leader ryan someone that calls out his players not in a disrespectful way but says yeah you're doing well you could be doing better though and let's step our game up even more that's the attitude you want going into the playoffs
0: yeah i don't think you improve if people just tell you you're doing great all the time because where's you know nobody's i know this uh, again another obvious statement from here nobody's perfect right but you are perfect if nobody tells you your imperfections um and i think you need somebody to call it out that's obviously why you have coaches it's obviously why you have senior teammates and leaders in, in the locker room and stuff like that because you need somebody to tell you and people will need that in a different way some people will need it with an arm around the shoulder and look let's look at this together this is what we do and other people just need shouting at yeah. you know there's all different ways of doing it but yeah until you give somebody that criticism uh, and it's you know it's a constructive criticism But until you give them that and you start highlighting where they need to improve, then you don't get better. So that is all part of the learning process and improving as an individual.
1: And it just shows that Aaron Rodgers is doing that for the young uh, wide receivers. As you said, I mean, with giving that sort of extra bit of tutoring, even at game time to the likes of Ty Montgomery and Kristen Michael and all the rest. And if I mean, just looking at Aaron Rodgers' touchdowns, 10 touchdowns under pressure this season. It's the second most in the NFL 13 outside the pocket that's tied for the first in the NFL with James Winston you know this is a guy who has one of the best O-lines he had that issue where you know the wide receivers weren't getting open he doesn't the thing is he doesn't seem to be not that he lay down at the at the start of the season at the sort of tail end of 2015 either that his wide receivers weren't getting open but I think it's put into the design maybe now in the second half of the season that look it's kind of like what's happening in Indianapolis with Andrew Luck when he had that bad o-line it's like you're going to be put under pressure you're just going to have to deal with it now i'm sorry there's no other way that we can get around it we're going to try you know put extra talent in uh you know fast guys that's why we have geronimo allison in there that's why we had jeff janice in there for a while you know Jordy nelson is getting back to his best and he's always reliable Devontae adams now you know with those two touchdowns in the end zone did well of course the comms were on him again about his drops um but he's still sort of showing up when it when it really counts so you know they'll say look we'll surround you but until then the expectation on your a-rod is yes this is what you're going to have to do you're going to have to scramble you're going to have to make those touchdown throws under pressure you're going to have to make those touchdown throws out of the pocket and the thing is is that how long is it sustainable that you depend on an offense and a quarterback to make these. Cause Ryan, it is, isn't it? It's superhuman, the stuff that he's doing. I mean, how he got away from Ziggy Ansa when he got chased down that time as uh, to slip away and to hit Jared Cook on that third and 11. Of course it's Jared Cook because he's, he's you know, he's the new Justin Brillo for me. He's 7 he's always open. I mean, is it unsustainable <laughs> for him? It, it's, a, it's majestic to watch, but it, it's scary sometimes if you think that if we hit a roadblock, we're done.
0: It's... Look, Aaron, Aaron Rodgers is absolutely unbelievable, okay? And if you just look at his numbers this season, 4,428 yards, 40 touchdowns, which leads the NFL, just seven interceptions. Everyone's banging on about Tom Brady. Yeah, I keep seeing Tom Brady memes, and I love Tom Brady. I actually do, and actually I have respect for the Patriots, which I know a lot of people don't. But everyone keeps putting out this picture of him. Is It's something like 28 touchdowns and two interceptions. Yeah. But it's only 28 touchdowns. We got 40 touchdowns and seven. And he's got a rating of 104.2. Add on top of that all his rush yards for the season. And remember, again, and I don't... Probably at some point I'll have to get over this. But I keep harping back to people telling me that he was done. People telling me this was a down season, and off season. And look at the numbers, yeah. you know. Aaron Rodgers is unbelievable. And some of the stuff that he does is unbelievable. And it's... Yes, there are superstars on this team. There are the Jordy Nelsons, there are the uh, Devontae Adams and the Randall Cobb's, and everybody else that, and now even the Jared Cooks. Hmm. But I think everything. And it's going to be a pretty obvious statement. I seem to be doing it all night. Everything <laughs> is is because of Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. So absolutely, you're right. I think if Aaron Rodgers suddenly you know, isn't there, then we're, then we're maybe not the team we are. He, he really does elevate everybody around him. Mm. And that's another sign of a true superstar is does he make the people around him better? And I truly believe he does. And I'll give you two examples of that. James Jones, when he wasn't in Green Bay, didn't really do a great deal. And Greg Jennings, when he made his all-wise all, uh, decision mm-hmm. to leave Green Bay and go yeah. to Minnesota, didn't do anything. No, I'm not saying... That if Georgie Nelson was playing somewhere else, he wouldn't be the player he is. But Aaron Rodgers, that's what makes him a superstar because he does create superstars. Look at Geronimo Allison; Wasn't even on the roster at the start of the season. Now he's making plays. And I think he had the most receiving yards last night. And he had a lovely touchdown grab. Yeah, uh, yeah touchdown grab right at the back of the end zone. It's because Aaron Rodgers makes people around him better.
1: Yeah, and I mean, it's an experimental offense in a way. I mean, look what the Packers are doing with Aaron Rybkowski. This is a guy who wasn't asked to run the ball, particularly in college. You know, this is new to him that he's running the ball. Aaron Rodgers has faith in him. I mean, it all works together that they can get Aaron Rybkowski to do it, not out of desperation, but out of some sort of like this hybrid offense. It's ridiculous. And he had his first passing touchdown last night. He got into the end zone off a pass. And this is a guy who's developing behind Aaron Rodgers also who is getting that shot because, and as well as that, who would have expected? Aaron Rupkowski has not caught. uh, I don't know, Ryan, has he caught anything that isn't kind of just, you know, a bleed-out shuffle pass all season? Uh, You know, and now now he's getting a designed pass and he's getting into the end zone for a touchdown. I mean, that's an inventive offense that we were screaming out for. Everyone was giving out saying that the offense was too vanilla early on and they're doing some nice understated stuff. And you mentioned it, didn't you, that everyone jumps on the coaches when stuff goes wrong but they're not as quick to come out and say that you know mike mccarthy's playing a good game he's calling a good game bennett's obviously calling a good game and doing well um with the offense and there's talk about him potentially getting poached this season to go on to different teams to become a head coach based on what's going on in green bay and in fairness dom capers if you do look at the amount of injuries it's very hard so it all comes down to aaron Rodgers, really and It shows the sort of character of this future Hall of Famer, first ballot Hall of Famer, that any other person... Imagine, Ryan, imagine your boss saying to you, Ryan, you're the only thing that's holding this sort of thing. You're you're a gel that holds this team up at the moment. Um, You are now dependent on to hit targets that are not achievable for 99.9% of all other staff members. No, no, you're looking at me there. You have a look on your face like, Steve, that's my every day. That's that's my job, you know. Yeah, that's
0: but, exactly uh, what I get told.
1: Imagine? Yeah. But I mean, imagine that was just a modus operandi. That was written into your job description. You need to be a just freak of nature superstar. And that's expected of you week in, week out. And when it's not, boy, you better believe the press and everybody else is going to be on your ass because they're going to say that you dropped off. Is that okay with you? And Aaron Rodgers now just steps up to him and says, Put it on me. And he does. And he even comes out in games that he's played phenomenal and says, I need to play better. We need to get off to a better start. It's like Usain Bolt coming out and saying, eh, I could have ran a bit faster. You're thinking, dude, really? You know what I mean? You're a freaking nature as it is. But it just goes to show that the character of the guy. And isn't mm-hmm. it mad, Ryan, that on Sky Sports NFL they had Greg Jennings and we had Greg on the podcast and Greg was doing the rounds after he retired and he was talking about that. There was sort of a lack of character there that Brett would be the fun guy and Aaron wouldn't have a whole lot of fun. But I mean, this is a guy who makes everybody better. You can have a boss who slaps ass, tells some jokes and gets it, says inappropriate comments about the ladies, you know, and you might kind of go, he's a fun dude. But the boss that you'll always remember is the guy that elevated you to a different level and made your potential to get to become a better person a better worker and also have better prospects if you were to leave that team i mean how many Mm. wide receivers like you've just mentioned them have got paid since they moved on solely because of what aaron Rodgers made out of them you know
0: yeah and if you want to elevate that another level as well look at um who got paid because the coaching staff had a great game plan for matt flynn
1: yeah exactly yeah
0: he went what was he to seattle then the raiders
1: yep and then uh, got possibly
0: tagged on did he somewhere else i think but but yeah, I mean, and that's another guy again. So people want to beat up sometimes on the coaching stuff, but they make players better yeah. and they raise them to a level that maybe they haven't performed at before. And there's another example of it there.
1: Yeah, and I mean, you better believe, and if you go back and look at those games, Aaron Rodgers is going over to Matt Flynn and supporting them the whole way. Not this type of guy who... Like what we have seen happen to the Texans when they had their sort of you know quarterback carousel, where one guy was it T.J. Yates, I believe, threw his helmet down and threw a strop because the other guy was playing well, um you know, and it's kind of that that's not the way this team is set up. That Aaron Rodgers will coach you to look like a superstar, and that must have been hard on him too because so many people coming out going, oh well, there you go. If Matt Flynn can do this in this offense, maybe Aaron Rodgers isn't that good. Maybe it's just the offense the offense is so yeah. good that you know anyone can do it which is complete balls it's the same as what happened in New England when Tom Brady was out at the start of the season and Jimmy Garoppolo was looking like an absolute stud you know they were sort of saying maybe Tom Brady product isn't of good. The,
0: yeah they hmm. call it a product of the system don't they I? I mean it's just disrespectful to the players that step into it and perform
1: big time yeah so what are your, what are your closing thoughts then on that game I mean we're ecstatic let, let's face it I mean well, Jesus did we ever think we get here um, yes <laughs> we saw the sound wide <laughs> at the start of course you did yeah Um, And while we're on
0: a roll, I just want to say two other things I said on last week's podcast. The two keys to winning this game would be winning the possession and the turnover battle. And we did it again. We had 34 minutes and nine seconds compared to 25 and 51. And Green Bay didn't turn the ball over. And Detroit turned it over once, obviously, with Micah Hyde. So that that turned out to be absolutely true and I still believe if you can keep that going the only thing I would say we must 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 improve on is the penalties now I know loads of people last night were calling out the referees and yes there were some where I think there was probably warranted to call out the referees but there was also a hell of a lot of other penalties were actually just on us yeah. and it was through just sloppy pay, uh, play or you know you know poor decisions so yeah, I think if we can continue that and get the penalties back down, then obviously you always give yourself a chance when you have A-Rod on your team.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and we'll. if anyone's sort of looking for us to uh, carve up the Giants game, we're going to do that on the podcast, the preview podcast, um, which is super exciting now that we're in the playoffs. But another interesting thing that's after coming out, after uh, everything's sort of been said and done, is who we're going to play home and away. So that's been set. So this is important uh, for all the listeners out there who are coming on our Lambo trip of 2017. Honestly... For the love of Jesus, do not miss it because it's going to be class. It gets better every single year. So our home opponents, and we don't need to say this, uh, you know, switch the podcast off, throw your phone out the window and uh, start revaluing life choices. Go into the Himalayas if you don't know that three of them are going to be Bears, Lions, Vikes. So outside of that, we have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Saints, the Bengals, the Seahawks and the Ravens. I mean, if we look at that, because we're looking to do a home game because aren't we Ryan I know some of the lads out there because we set up a sort of whatsapp group every time and an awful lot of the lads are saying oh we'd like to do an away game but that's because they've been to Lambo a couple of times some of them have been a billion times and it's as as special as it is for them Uh, they want to catch an away game which would be cool too but we want to keep you know bringing people over to the holy land don't we we want to keep bringing people to Lambo for their first experience or maybe their first experience in so many years what stands out to you on that, Ryan, between the Bucks, Saints, Bengals, Seahawks, and Ravens? I think the Seahawks is probably the number one that stands out right?
0: I think the Seahawks and the Ravens. Um, however, to be fair, any game you get the you get the uh, the privilege to see at Lambeau is is a great game. Yeah. Um, so, because another thing we look at is the time of year, because time of year has a big effect on price of plane tickets, and if your plane tickets high, then overall your trip's high, and so on. So. We will obviously be looking to go to the best game that we think is the best game. Um, But we'll also be looking to obviously get that price down to as cheap as possible. Now, like Steve mentioned there, people that want to do road games, there are – when you book through our guys at Sports Travel Tours, um, not only do you get the best trip organized that's out there, um, but you can do exactly what you want. So if your requirement is that you want to go – um, out there for 10 days, for example, and you want to go one Sunday to a road game in Chicago, uh, and then you want to watch the following week's home game versus whoever it may be, then that can be done. If we're lucky enough to have, like we had this year, where we have a Sunday game followed by a Thursday game, um, then we can do that. And that, even if that's uh, a home and a road game, it can all be done. Obviously, the more you add on to a trip, the more it, more it costs. But if, you know, people can do what, they, what suits them. Um, we also look to try and add in uh, college games as an option Um, some people choose to go to those some don't so the options are endless but yeah we will be picking one of those games to to do as our official 2017 trip and I think we've mentioned it before we have spoken to various other packers groups around the world and they're all going to try and rock up on the same weekend on the same trip as us and so we can have a complete uh international fans weekend which is why this time we think it's going to be even bigger and even better and hopefully me and steve will be able to pull a few of our magic strings and see who we can get to come and visit us
1: yeah because the packers have made two documentaries on us for that series packers life so if you go to packers.com Go into the search bar and type in Packers Life. You'll see some of the episodes that are up there at the moment. So they'll be releasing so many episodes. What we'll actually do for you is is we're going to get on Gabrielle Valdez-Dow, who is the VP of Fan Engagement. I mean, she's the type of woman, she could read the phone book and you're just enthralled by it, you know. She's charismatic. She has some great stories about Green Bay. I mean, she goes two games with Mark Murphy, and she sent us a picture there uh, at the last game against the Lions, and she's up in the sort of you know the top exec box looking down. What a view! Better than the view from UK Packers HQ, anyway. With Ryan sitting on the couch there, snacking away on Doritos, you know, chugging away. So on the... so,
0: not, so not true. I've got all these notes in front of me. I've got you know the Macs on the oh, setups
1: here. <laughs> and of you're, trying, you're trying to. Underneath the, Underneath the You're Doritos. Underneath the Doritos. You're trying to
0: make out that I'm just sat on the sofa mm-hmm. drinking beer, which I haven't got. You haven't mentioned that, but I haven't got a beer tonight. Well, it's not and it's... stuff in my face with a string <laughs> vest on. <laughs>
1: Every time we talk to Rhino on the podcast, he's ordered a Chinese or a pizza and he's usually drinking a beer. Come on, the stereotype is there. But yeah, come on the trip. Uh, a bit of a heads up. All those people asking, when are you going? What game are you going to? The quick answers are the schedule hasn't been released. The opponents have, but the schedule and times haven't. And we usually look to go in around October because, like what Rhino says, it's a cheaper time, it's more mild. And I know some people want that snow game, but sometimes it can take away from the experience that's just their experience and we have to try cater to everybody because every year we go away to the games and we get other people coming in saying "Ah, oh, dudes i didn't want to go to that one i wanted to go to another one the thing is we have a team you know sort of fan group trip and we're going to get all the foreign groups on and we're all going to go over and we're going to smash it on the international weekend But if you do want to go on a road game or you do want to go on a different Packers game altogether, you want to take the misses or you want to take a few of your mates, contact us. You'll get the same discounts through sports travel tours as you would. So quickly then, the mention to the away opponents. Again, Bears, Lions, Vikes. Shouldn't have to go there. The Falcons, the Panthers, the Browns, the Steelers and the Cowboys are who we're going to face away. So there's some juicy games there, Ryan.
0: Go to the Browns. Oh, yeah. Get your definite win. See the number one draft pick. Uh, who would probably be sat on the bench injured because they got it wrong again
1: Again,
0: and uh, and then travel home for a Green Bay game <laughs>
1: that's the strategy that sounds like a fairly seamless strategy but, but yeah
0: it but would they... definitely be a great trip
1: yep so anyway is there any activity going down on Twitter uh, tonight any honourable yeah. mentions uh, I
0: haven't got activity on Twitter as such I think everyone's been enthralled in the Wisconsin game which you'll mm-hmm. see they just won the Cotton Bowl um, which was pretty good Um, but big mention that we want to say obviously there's this thing called the Super Bowl coming up um, and we will be doing a big meet up in London and I I do apologise to all those people on on Twitter that say you know why why can't you do one in Manchester why can't you do one in I don't know Edinburgh or Timbuktu Mm -hmm. or whatever we'd love to do multiple ones the problem is there's only there's only one of each of us, and we and we obviously want to go to the parties as well because we have to be there to organise certain things. And this year we've actually been asked to host the party overall. Mm. Um, so we, we've got to be in London. Now, neither of us live in London, and every time we do one of these parties, they has to even jump on an aeroplane, and I've got over an hour on the train to get down as well. So we're not doing it in our backyards because it's, so, you know, it's easy for us. Now, the only thing I would say is going into next season um, – we certainly are going to seriously, seriously look into Slayton in a Dublin meetup. Yep. Um, Because I know a lot of the Irish fans want us to go over there and I think Dublin's a great city to go to. Um, Somewhere I've been and been very drunk before. Mm. Um, There are other things to do there, but... (laughs) Who
1: cares um, about
0: that? Yeah. Uh, And there will be other places in the country as well because I think Manchester is definitely a one that we would look to do Mm. at some point. So we just need to get them all in.
1: Yeah, Newcastle, somewhere up north as well. Because look even Dublin for me I'm not a Dublin man as you know contrary to popular belief I know that every when, once you say you're from Ireland people go Dublin and you're like no not really um, so I'm from Wicklow it would take me an hour and a half maybe to get up it probably takes the same time for me to get from Wicklow to dublin as it does for me to get from you know dublin over to london and get on the tube and go all the way down so it's a bit of an inconvenience for anybody no matter where you go and look we're not sort of being flippant about it and saying well stephen comes from ireland you know but there are like it's london for a reason because it's central it's kind of look it's a worldwide hub jesus you can get to france from the land place so um, you know, that that's where we have to have it. And as well as that, we have the problem, don't we, Ryan, where is that, yes, we can organize a meetup in Manchester and not personally be there ourselves. But then we're trying to stand over a party and a venue that we've never been to before with people that we've never met before. And that can be dodgy because if it ends up badly and we've organized it, you know, we don't have any comeback on it because we weren't there and we didn't know what went on.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. But what we can confirm this year is that we are meeting up in London. We've got the flag football game against the Kansas City Chiefs group, uh, which previously has resulted both times in a tie. So this year, if you play, look, all abilities are welcome. But if there are any star players out there that want to get in touch, make sure you come down and play because we want to win this year. Um, And then after that, it is to a place called Bloomsbury Lanes, which I don't... I don't know the exact area. Obviously, it's the area of Bloomsbury. Yep. Um, but it's essentially if you come out of Euston main train station, obviously the overground train station, it's about three or four-minute walk. It's not far at all. Um, so that's the area you want to be looking. Um, if you're thinking of hotels, there's several the guys use as a travel lodge uh, and a premier inn, and then there's a really posh hotel that Steve stays at. <laughs> um where they sort of know your name as you walk through the door and, oh, yeah. and take your bags out of your hands, all that sort of stuff. So there's plenty of places around there, and usually it's not too expensive. And certainly we were looking the other day, and rooms, even a twin room, I think we were looking at was 56 quid, if you're looking at the Premier Inn, And the travel lodge would be about the same sort of price. There are other people to stay with, but they tend to be your cheaper ones. Get them booked now. Um, we'll be putting the link out as soon as we've got it. I believe the reason we haven't got it just yet is – they do a priority booking for people that went last year. Now, we went to a different venue last year, and we're now traveling back to this venue for the party this year. So they've got a little space of booking their tickets. Don't worry about it. There will be plenty of tickets. It's a huge place. As soon as we've got that link, we'll get it out.
1: Yeah, and it's a great venue. This is somewhere we have been before. and this We tried somewhere new last year um, just for a little something a little bit different. But to be honest with you, I think you know bloomsbury lanes this this party will probably be happening every year and although we will be planning meetups probably outside the super bowl elsewhere it's very hard to look past bloomsbury lanes it's why i fly over from ireland and if there's any paddies out there who are coming over from ireland um let me know and it'd be great to meet up which is in the airport we can take a few pics shoot the breeze get to know each other and head over on the plane you won't mm-hmm. see me on a ryanair flight uh you'll only see me on Aer Lingus because i have the L uh nickname hashtag prime time That's just how i roll
0: I just wanted to add, sorry, just one more thing I thought about. I've had a few people, or I should say we've had a few people messaging us saying, uh, are we doing any meet-ups through the playoffs? Mm. Um, I certainly can't make London this weekend, but I know London, there's definitely Hippodrome Casino. If there's anybody around the area that wants to go, go down there. There's, a, there's some UK Packers guys that go there every Sunday, um, but that's generally the place to go for football. You'll have a great time there um around the country if you know if there's if people know of a playoff playoff meet going on or a playoff party going on tell us where it is and we can direct people there so you can all get together we we can do that just get in touch um but our big party will be at the end of the year obviously for the super bowl which we'll see the packers versus the patriots yeah
1: well, the really?
0: packers how cool would it be if it was the packers versus the chiefs
1: oh that'll be big that'll be really big what's that?
0: repeat it, is super bowl
1: one super bowl one 1967 and where we clobbered them 35 10 i believe but anyway if you mm-hmm. want to hear that go back to our history podcast but look we'll wrap it up there so from myself at steedy nfl on twitter give me a follow from the group at uk packers give us a follow if you don't already and me old buddy me old pal at ryan peacock nfl give him a follow will you it's goodbye for now
0: good day